Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, Los Angeles. And today, uh, we'll make it uh, sports biz, sports media, national and, and worldwide because so much is happening. Tom Holforth with us. I am Fred. You can email us at sportsfred at AOL.com, sportsfred at AOL.com. Tom, of course, writes for the Sports Business Journal, LA Business Journal, and uh, we'd love your appearance on the show by emailing us at sportsfred at AOL.com. Tom Holforth, um, NASCAR. Let's get national here. NASCAR. No, no Confederate. Well, I grew up loving uh, the Formula One and then NASCAR, and I don't follow it that closely anymore. I'm a big IndyCar guy. But uh, the point is, uh, no more Confederate flags. Uh, any comments? Well, yeah. I mean, why do we still call the Washington Redskins the Redskins and the Atlanta Braves the Braves and have Confederate flags and do all these things? And it's like, now's the time to step up. And that's finally what Bubba decided to put the pedal to the metal, right? That's, is that what the guys all say? I mean, he, he he made a statement, and they followed through on it, and one guy quit. And the guy that quit has never won a race, so good riddance to you. I mean, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> you know, but, but again, I, I'm the cynic, Tom Holfarth. The bottom line is uh, NASCAR will still have uh, the same people enjoying it once uh, the pandemic is over, but... Uh, it may add some other people from other political bents because it's doing this. Any comments about that? Oh, it's doing what? By getting rid of the Confederate flag, it's also adding some people who have different political opinions who would not well, show, show up at a place yeah, where they had a Confederate Colin, flag. That's what happened when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, and, and the whole message he was trying to relay got misconstrued as to he was disrespecting the flag and he was disrespecting America, and that's not all what he was doing. He was making a silent protest, and people, you know, blew it up as something bigger. And then you had people, you know, taking an either-or stance. And now you circle back and see what the, the stance was all about, and you go, oh, yeah, I think I get it now. And maybe it'll take people, you know, a few years to figure out, yeah, the Confederate flag probably isn't a good idea to start saluting. And I, I know it's part of your heritage, but so is slavery, but we don't practice that anymore. So why do you have to keep that symbol around that that shows that you are still not part of the bigger picture of, of what the United States is about? And um, if NASCAR, you know, the good old boys of NASCAR can finally see through that, I mean, now's as great a time as any to, to finally say, yeah, we probably shouldn't have been doing this before. And, you know, I'm all for symbols, you know, having a discussion about it. Like, I, I'm not all that great about people taking down statues of Robert E. Lee and everything around because... I don't think you're there to honor them. They're there to sort of, you know, this was part of our history. Let, let's have a discussion about why this was wrong. Um, but the Confederate flag, to me, is, is almost like wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood or anything at this point. It's just too toxic. And why keep something like that around when it's more divisive than united? There are 60, you mentioned his name. I was going to bring it up next. So let's go to Kaepernick, 64 uh 
quarterbacks, first uh, team, second team in the National Football League. Will somebody give him an opportunity at this point? He came out Wednesday and again on Thursday saying, yeah, he definitely wants to play. Now, he has not played since 2016, so it's a long time, but he still has as much and more talent than certainly a lot of the backups and certainly a lot of the starters. In my belief, will somebody give him the opportunity to play? Well, I always thought the Chargers would be a great landing spot for him in, in the fact that he could do so many things. First, he could put the Chargers on the map. Second, the Chargers need a quarterback, whether it's him starting or not. Third, he'd be in Los Angeles where he gets a lot of media attention. And, you know, now you're starting this new team in the SoFi Stadium, supposedly, which, again, would bring the Chargers a lot more attention than the Rams. And it, it, it just seems like a natural fit. But, you know, either you do, do a major market or don't do it at all because the other part is, you're, he's probably at best a backup. You know, maybe he'll start because of an injury or something. But the there was a great column the other day. I think it was on the Associated Press, just about talking to a uh, kind of a media consultant about Kaepernick. You know, what, what where could he get his message best? Would it be in the NFL or would it be out of the NFL? I don't think it would be out of the NFL because the NFL was now going to focus attention on him. And, and with Roger Goodell saying they made a mistake, interestingly, in his statement, not mentioning Kaepernick at all, but just saying that, you know, we didn't listen to our players. We're now donating, what did he say today, $250 million towards Black Lives Matters issues. So now's an opportune time for someone to say, yeah, it, it's worth taking a risk on, on him if at least to generate storylines between now and the start of the season, and if the season is delayed, you know, you've got Kaepernick giving more talking about things. And, and why wouldn't you want him representing your team if you believe that black lives matter and if you believe that you're on the right side of history at this point? So a few months ago, uh, and again, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, not in love with Derek Carr, so they deal for Marcus Mariota out of Oregon and the Tennessee Titans. That, to me, was, would have been a perfect situation. Yeah. For yep. Kaepernick also, I think Gruden is open-minded enough to go in that direction. But I, I think that maybe just the league just telling him not to touch him. And I, again, I think he's going to play again, but I don't know who the hell it's going to be. Because as you said, I think the Chargers were a great fit. And I thought Vegas was a, a great fit. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where else he would fit. Obviously, I mean, I don't think the Patriots, maybe they will. I mean, they're not going after Cam Newton. Maybe the Patriots will give him a shot. Stidham is not going to be a dynamite quarterback. That would be a great story. And, of course, Belichick wants to win without Brady. If he took a shot with Kaepernick and they won the whole darn thing, if we have a season, your thoughts? Yeah, what a, what a great, you know, you know, statement to Brady. But, but I, I also think, and I probably should mention it too, I hear that Pete Carroll in Seattle is interested in him as a backup as well. So uh, to, to, to Pete, you know, it's not a distraction anymore. To a lot of coaches, maybe it would be a distraction. But Pete has always been one to embrace the media and embrace intention and to love the stories that go with the game. So um, it has to be the right fit, I think, with not just a quarterback opening, but the right coach, the temperament, and the, and the owner being on board. And if the owner is, is you know, uh, is, is thinking the right way and, and understands what he's doing, um, especially, I mean, yeah, it would have been a perfect Al Davis move, right? Especially if, if he were still around. So um, it, 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 it has to be 
a situation where it makes a lot of sense. And to me, it has to be a major market and, and a situation where he's going to play because you don't want to just see him standing on the sidelines the whole time and having cameras focused on him the whole game just standing there because that, that sort of defeats the purpose as well. Um, but there, there has to be something open. And I remember when the XFL was around, there was talk of that, and it, it just seemed kind of demeaning to even think about him doing that. But um, there's time. There's there's a lot of time, actually, to, to sort of figure out where's a, where's a fit for him. And, and I would think that the the buzz would be going right now, and I just don't hear it, and it's kind of interesting. Robert Kraft, of course, a uh, don't ask me why, but a uh, Trump supporter. I think he'd give Trump a, a stroke if uh, he signed Kaepernick. Yeah. Any thoughts? Oh, well, then by all means, try it. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this is uh, Tom's very political. I, you can tell I'm not. So Tom's the political one right here on Sports Biz, Sports Media, and Believe. But uh, again, I'm, I'm quite serious about that. Uh, uh, with uh, Stidham, their quarterback, and off of what I've seen last year, uh, they had to put Brady back in, even with like a three-touchdown lead, because Stidham did nothing in his uh, uh, attempt to just uh, keep the uh, score down. But the bottom line is. I think he'd be a perfect fit if Belichick could go in that direction. And I think Belichick obviously would like to show the world that he wasn't uh, just relying on Brady. He is uh, one of the great coaches in the history of the league. And I think he'd prove it uh, by giving Kaepernick a shot. So I would love him in New England. Folks, what do you say? Would you like to see him a in a Patriots uniform? Email us at sportsfred at AOL.com. Sportsfred at AOL.com. And again, we're considering that the league will play this year. And I don't know. All I can tell you, and tape, we're taping this at uh, about 428 on a Thursday, uh, uh, June 11th in 2020. And uh, uh, there are surges everywhere, including in Houston, where the numbers are going through the roof as far as the pandemic uh, cases of the virus concerns. So uh, who knows if we're going to play one way or the other. But uh, uh, let me say this, Tom. Last week, uh, you weren't on. Last week, um, five uh, Alabama football players uh, tested positive, three at Oklahoma State. Another school had seven. A lot of schools had one or two or three. Are we going to play college football? And I mean, it, it's like the big article, and you said today about Notre Dame, this and that. I'm sorry. It, to me, it's just too dangerous. If you've got five kids here and three kids here and seven kids here and two kids there, there are kids everywhere. They're going to go home. They're going to see their mom and dads and their friends, and uh, you can't test them every minute of every day. Do you think we'll have a college football season? Well, on some level, I think we will, but I wish we wouldn't. And I just think it's – somebody was talking to me the other day about some sort of a schedule that has some flexibility. For instance, if UCLA was to play its first game against San Jose State, say, and the San Jose State team – you know, came down with a couple players, and they said, all right, we got to shut it down for a while. And then there was another game. Cal was going to play San Diego State, and San Diego State had the same issue. Well, So now Cal doesn't have an opponent, and UCLA doesn't have an opponent. Maybe we could figure out how those two could play together. So, I mean, if you've got that flexibility, maybe that's how it works. But I, 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 I don't see any scenario, whether it's college football or any other sport, where someone's not going to get sick and either put his team into quarantine or, you know, put the team and the other team they were playing in some sort of quarantine. So it's too problematic, and and, and, and you're going to take these first steps, but you have to sort of take steps knowing that this is going to happen and how do you deal with it. And to me, I haven't heard any great plans on how you sort of deal with it as it's ongoing because it's never going to stop. It's just going to be one a certain percentage of your roster at all times 
And and if that's you know the collateral damage you're willing to deal with, if the money is that important to to do to do it, you know I still haven't heard what baseball wants to do. Um, I mean they're too busy arguing with themselves about who's going to get paid what. But it, whatever they're doing, they're clouding the whole discussion about how player safety and where the games are going to be played and everything. And meanwhile, if you're a Dodger ticket holder or Angel ticket holder, you're trying to figure out what to do with your your seats because you don't know if you're going to be allowed to any games. And and I, I again, I had another friend talk to me about ticket refunds, and he said the Dodgers finally gave him um, a reimbursement from what he had paid for May, and I think it was April, March and April. So now they still haven't been paid through May, and he's in a he's in a situation where he and four other people share these seats. So they give his three friends give him the money. He puts it all in his credit card. Now the Dodgers say, "All right, we're going to give you that credit." But he can't give the money back to his friends because he never had it in the first place, and it's just you think how corporations buy tickets and how the public has to buy tickets, season tickets, and how they have to figure out this whole situation with you know with their friends and how you divide money up and take checks, and it's and it and it to me it's such a it's 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 such a business model that is in need of some sort of clarity on the same time running parallel with a sport that doesn't even know if it should be playing or not because of health concerns. So these two things are on different tracks, and I don't see how they how they cross at any point. But, you know, unfortunately they will, and then, you know, hopefully it doesn't turn out bad. I mean, we're still trying to see if numbers are going to spike after recent protests with people being outside. And and like you said, some states are, are spiking. Arizona's spiking as well. And that, that was the site they were talking about having the MLB game. So, I think it's it's such a fluid situation week to week that you can't make plans and then expect them to to be valid, you know, two weeks later because things are going to keep changing. You know, uh, obviously uh, the NBA wants to play in the state of Florida, Disney World, right side, a little bit outside of Orlando, and there are players who are saying, uh-huh. "I don't want, I don't want to play." And again, they're only going to play what 22 of the teams, anyways. But of the 30 teams, they're going to play, and it's going to be a very short season, and whatever the case might be. But already in San Antonio's case, the Spurs case, Orlando uh, Aldridge says he's going to have surgery right now, so he's not going to finish the season anyways. And I guarantee you, there'll be a whole slew of players yeah. among those 22 teams aren't going to show up anyways. Yes, because that's the, the, you got to look out for your own health first, and your own family's health first. And you are your own brand. You are your own company, and you can't mix with other companies. If, you, if businesses aren't open right now to, to do, you know, what, 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 what they're supposed to be doing, I mean, it, we're still in this whole world of supermarkets and barbershops and, and things like that, and, and stores, retail stores are still in this nebulous state. How can you start that other part of it? You still can't put 100 people together in any public place. And if you're playing a football game, there's 100 right there. So, you know, your, your rules are going to keep being rewritten and bent to whatever you, whatever you want to serve. So I, I, I don't get how um, the, the, the business part of this is superseding the, the public health part of this, and, and that seems to be what's driving it. Since you're the political guy, and of course I don't involve myself in politics at all right here on Sports Biz Believe, I'm going to throw it uh, at you. Um, in Tulsa next week, I think the 19th, uh, uh, the so-called uh, president is going to make a uh, speech to, to his uh, crew, and uh, nobody can wear a mask at that point, except, of course, the Ku Klux Klan, I guess. But as far as uh, mask for safety purposes, uh, any thoughts about that? They're going to be sitting close together without masks. Any comments? 
baffling to me. It's just baffling to me how you can, you know, politicize a health issue and try to will it away by just saying, oh, it's just the flu or it's just this and it's a liberal thing and it's a it's a conservative thing. And it's it's neither. It doesn't have any boundaries. It doesn't show any favoritism to the president or a, a guy who mows your lawn. I mean, it's it's a it's a all-serving disease virus that's going to affect people in certain ways, and, and in some ways, you almost sort of expect you're going to get some strain of it. You know, by accident, no matter how, how well you, so, you you stay at home and, and try to do everything right. Um, and I know some people have already had it, and they still wear masks because they don't know of whether they're immune to it or whether they could still spread it or not. And it, it's just, you just do what the rules are. And and I, I was, again, talking to a friend who's very Republican, very pro-Trump, says, I'll still wear a mask because that's what the rule is. You know, I, I don't have to blindly follow somebody who just decides that he's immune to this whole thing. So, um, I you know, I, 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 I hope. You know, you can say I pray for those people, but, you know, I really do hope those people don't get sick. And if they do, I, I still don't think it will resonate as to why they did, because they'll just be they're, – they're, they're in denial, and it's, it's hard to, to reason with somebody who's got that mindset. In 45 seconds, Tom Hofarth, uh, my wife Sandy, we take our little dog, uh, Mr. Darcy, to the park almost every night at about 7 o'clock. It's very warm, obviously, here in Southern California. And about 85 to 90 percent of the people are not wearing masks. Any thoughts? I'm 85, wearing a mask right now, actually. 85 to 90 percent are not wearing masks. So yeah, I what, I, what I'm saying is that they, they've done numbers, analytics on this thing. They're saying basically if Trump would wear a mask, a whole slew of those people would still be wearing masks and a whole slew of people wouldn't get sick and a whole slew of those wouldn't die. And I think that's where we're at right now. You know, we're going to go again tonight. And we're going to wear masks, but uh, 80 to 90 percent of the people there do not wear masks, so we just try to stay away. But it's tough. Yeah, it, it's. I see this in the retail business. I have a retail store, a nonprofit, and I see people are kind of in three categories. One is they're just completely in denial. They're not going to wear a mask. They're not going to wear one. If you ask them to do it, they're going to, you know, even if you tell them, I'm sorry, that's the rule right now, they're just not going to come into your store. And you go, I'm sorry that that's the rule. You've got some that are extra, extra careful. They have masks, gloves, and they, they're just afraid to touch anything, and you just have to sort of walk them through it. They're very anxious. Maybe they've been you know, inside for two or three months now, and this is their first few times out, and so you just have to say, listen, I, you know, I understand. And then you've got knuckleheads, and I, I call them that because they're kids who seem to be, like, oblivious to what's going on. You know, they're down at the beach. They come in they're with their friends. They don't just social distance, and then they just kind of come in and they go, oh, yeah, sorry, we forgot. So they, they wear the mask, and they're, and they're kind of compliant. So it's that first category of the ones, you know, as far as retail, you can turn them away. And, I mean, no shoe, no, no shirt, no shoes, no mask. Sorry, that's, that's the way it is, you know, and let them grumble about it. But um, you, you, you're, 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 you're trying to keep them safe. You're trying to keep yourself safe. You're trying to keep the rest of your customers safe and your employees safe. So that's the bottom line. <laughs> He's Tom me. Hoforth. I am Fred Wallen, and I had my Lysol this morning. Tom, you're coughing. Stay well. Be well. We'll talk to you next week right my here on Believe. Is, my mask is on, so don't worry. We'll see you next week right here on Believe. Thanks, Fred.
Uh, Scott, thank you for putting the show together. We'll see you in about 168 hours across America and mostly in Southern California, right here, Believe Sports Business, Sports Media, Los Angeles. Bye, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.